All right. Hello and welcome. This is episode number three of the Fuelixer Espresso Riding Podcast. Um, it's a bit rainy this morning. We've got a bit of a light turnout, but we're here nonetheless at Holly's Copper. Um, got a special guest, Danny Walters. Um, he's a bike mechanic over at Vegas Bike Store. Um, lover of bikes, mover from Santa Cruz, etc., etc. Got my co-founder Pablo here as well, and we've got the uh, one lone rider with us as well, Scott. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, and I, I, I'm going to apologise up front. A bit hungover from the beer festival yesterday. Um, so, so Pablo is going to be taking the reins on this one. <laughs> uh, had some delicious beers yesterday, and yeah, for like four hours, it was great. Some research and development, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. I was going to put some of those in my bottles uh, this week for training, for sure. <laughs> Carb load. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Danny, why don't you give us a little like introduction? Like, you know, you uh, moved here recently, so you're kind of new to Las Vegas. Things that'll be interesting, getting someone's, um, you know, perspective on like the cycling community here and like how you've like kind of settled in and um, you know what cycling kind of means you do out here in Vegas. Right on. Yeah. So, uh, Danny Walters, um, I grew up in the Monterey Bay area, um, Hollister, California, specifically. Contrary to popular belief, there are no beaches there. It's um. It's 11 miles inland, so we do a lot of like, you know, cows and tomatoes and stuff. But as the crow flies, man, half hour you're at the ocean there. So all those Hollister clothing it's funny company. You say that actually, because I always, <laughs> like, being from England, like, Santa Cruz sounds really like tropical. I don't know. It doesn't, I know. Yeah. It's crazy. Santa Cruz, you've got, uh, you, you go like from ocean sea level, and then you maybe a mile or two inland, and you've got like 3,000 feet, redwood trees, and it's, it's crazy. But uh, yeah. No, but I've lived in a number of places in Vegas now for four years. Um, it's interesting, really, you know, in all aspects of it. But I think I think the cycling scene specifically to me is, is neat because it's still kind of in its youth and almost kind of like in a resurgence, if you've seen that before. Um, Did you cycle in Santa Cruz? Yeah, so I grew up, I grew up mountain biking off and on. Um, more just kind of sports stuff, hanging with my dad and my brother-in-law. Um, so I guess in, in fairness, how I got into cycling, uh, when I moved, so I moved out to Utah, and went to school out there, and I thought snowboarding was gonna stave off the, uh, the void of surfing in my life, and you know, it works for two months out of the year. Um, and then some buddies of mine and I got on, on some of his bikes and just rode down to a shop, and just no helmets, kind of, you know, mobbed on down. Remember how fun it was, I was like, dude, why'd I stop doing this? And so from that point on, got into a road bike, never really had the sensation of riding on the road and having the kind of speed. And I think at that point I was hooked. And much like surfing, it's just one of those things that like you, you'll always do, you know? Mm -hmm. You get that, you get that, that bug in you and you're like, you'll always be a cyclist, you'll always be a surfer. So, do, you, do you miss surfing? All the time. I mean, I've got my, I've got my boards out here in Vegas collecting dust, you know? They're now like art pieces that lean against the wall, but nonetheless, it's always there. But um, You were just in Costa Rica, right? I was just in Costa Rica last month, yeah. So um, I, I gave up the opportunity to go surfing and let my buddy uh, uh, Casey do it instead because we, we made these guys wait longer. They were renting surfboards. It was like 10 bucks a day. And it was like 5 o'clock, and they were getting ready to chill. We ran down the beach, got a board, and we went out there to see the sunset, and we we're surfing. And I just, I stayed in the water with the GoPro and did my surf photography. It was uh, gnarly. It's a good experience. Yeah, 
lot of cyclists down there too, which is interesting. You know, you need a four by four most places, but there's still dudes mobbing down there in their road bikes, and it's pretty cool. So how old, how old were you when you came to Vegas? <clears throat> uh, so I was, uh, what, 28, 29? Just finished up school, moved down here to be uh, closer to my now wife. You know, some people moved to Vegas for a crap shoot. Mine was a little different and worked yeah. out in my favor. So, nice. you know, she keeps me around. She likes me. So nice, nice, nice. it's actually, uh, it was her birthday yesterday. So, uh. Happy birthday, Bree. <laughs> yeah. <It's a> podcast <laughs> shout That's out. That's nice, man. <laughs> what did you guys do? Did you do anything special? Uh, she worked. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, um, I got her a Garmin for her birthday. She's got a uh, Garmin headset, or head unit rather, and so she's all psyched. She's like, oh, I can see my cadence and everything now. And yeah, so she's going so to spend more. Well, we did until I kept getting consistent with riding, you know, and she's like, I just can't keep up with you. I said, yeah. well, it's all right, sweetheart. So. It's good to have that separation. Yeah. Anyway. I can't imagine riding with my wife. Yeah, she, she'll she hold up, man. Uh, <laughs> two, uh, so two she years ago. She might be saying that, buddy. Really? <laughs> it's out of love. Yeah. Not so two, uh, two years ago, I went back in August to, to go visit my parents back where I grew up. And there's a climb there, Fremont's Peak, and it's basically just 10 miles of straight climbing. Um, I think average gradient is something like 3 or 4% with some very, very steep pitches at the end. She got off her bike a couple times, but she made it all the way to the top. Mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty. Yeah. She hadn't ridden a bike since she was like five. She broke her leg, and she's like, "I'm not doing this anymore." Met me, and tables turned again. So it's pretty fun. So you are here now, and you're, um, you know, your bike mechanic, your uh, server at a fine dining restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you know, you do music in your spare time as well, and and you cycle. So how's the, um, you know? How's that working two jobs? Um, still finding the time to do like the passion, passion projects and things like that. I think like for most of us, we always have what you know we'd consider the must do's and then the passion is what brings that spice to life and that whole flair of everything. So uh, the restaurant thing is, is just what I did when I was going through school. Um, it, it's just something that you know I figured it's not my profession, but I'm going to just do the best at it like I possibly can until I find that profession. And so when I moved down here, Vegas being predominantly hospitality, that was just, yeah. you know, what I looked into. Um, a lot of the restaurants I worked with revered uh, Thomas Keller, who I work for now at, uh, at his Las Vegas location for Bouchon. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's, been a great, it's been a great experience. You can always, like, continue learning about you know, culinary sciences and, and um, you know, beverage and, and the art of, you know, pairing all that together and creating a very unique experience for people. So it's, you get that aspect of it, you learn the hospitality side of it, but that applies in every aspect, you know. So now all of a sudden you work at, uh, at a bike shop or you work at a law firm like Scott works at, you know, there's this whole concept of hospitality. But um, <clears throat> some aspect you would do, well, I think a good example of it is like when you write on the boxes, subscription-wise, Fuel Elixir. That's, that's a little added touch that isn't necessary, but you do, and that's a very hospitable idea. It's, mm -hmm. you know, there's a sense of uh, generosity there mm -hmm. and genuine feel that, you know, so it's been, it's been good. But balancing it, it takes time, you know? Yeah. You, you just, like, just like cycling, you figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, I don't get to write as much as I do. 
contrary to like what people might think, you work at a shop, so you ride all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I ride less now, but. <laughs> How did you learn like um, the ins and out of like being a bike mechanic? Like when did you do that? So, um, so I work at Vegas Bike Store um, and Tim Schumacher is the owner These for are it. These my chocolate chip oh, wow. cheesecake cookies. Oh my gosh. Chocolate chip cheesecake? It's too small to sell, so. Do you want to introduce yourself? We're doing a podcast, actually. Yeah, we're doing it. Oh, come that on. That's okay. Well, that, that is a delightful Our, our mystery angel just brought us some chocolate oh cheesecake gosh. cookie here. Fresh made. Like, so. Get it going there with if that. There's, if there's a moment of silence, it's because we're enjoying these things. So. I know, it's bold. Shout out to Holly's Copper. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Where were we? Oh, yeah, bike yeah, yeah, so yeah. Tim... Um, Tim's a legend in his own right. He's, yeah. he's been in Vegas for 30-plus uh, years. He's been riding ever since uh, he moved here. So he's riding and yeah. racing when he was a teenager with, like, you know, down-tube shifters on his steel bike and right. mobbing around on, like, the gnarliest, you know, he like started like He was, like, one of the guys who, like, started the scene out here, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, we're going to have him on a later show to talk about that. I think yeah. that's going to be super interesting. Yeah, he's, he is, he's OG when it comes to cycling out here so it's one of those things that you know uh, like i said brie got into cycling because of me and we went and saw tim um and it just one thing led to another and he asked me you know if i had interest in helping out a shop but i always wanted to do that just because it's you know fuels a passion and mm -hmm. you know a little uh like two and, a, two and a half years later here i am so it's one of those things that um it came through a lot of like trial and error for me i'm not, <laughs> I'm not mechanically savvy I don't necessarily think that way. I, I think probably uh, more like, you know, those of us sitting around this table, a little more artistic in that sense, you know? know? So it was, for me, it was a great challenge to, to wrap my head around how things work and why they work. And yeah. it's kind of like mathematics in a sense that, you know, that there's always a formula to it. It's problem solving. And, and once you got the, the basic steps down, then you can troubleshoot and yeah. figure it out. It's kind of empowering, you know? What's it like... Um are there any pet peeves you have being a bike mechanic when people bring your, their bike in and they're like, and you just look at it, you're like, what, what is this guy doing? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, clean it. <laughs> that, everyone says that, every, every bike mechanic. Clean it, man. I think you cleaned my bike this week. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things that regardless, I, I tend to be not necessarily like a germaphobe, but I'm like, I don't know. I'm always like, worried about my appearance and stuff. Yeah. So I put gloves on regardless, man. I'm changing a tire. I'm gonna put gloves on. Yeah. I don't. I don't need the gnarly man hands, you know. Like I've been <laughs> chopping wood all damn week, you know. But um, I, it's just. I think it comes down to almost a sense of like uh, forgivable ignorance, if you can say that. There are just some things that people don't necessarily know what to do with their bikes, and so like ah, you you enlighten them like this is what you should be doing. Yeah. And you can see the light bulb go off, and I mean, it's kind of cool to be that experience. And so, it's just a growth thing for all of us, you know. But pet peeve, yeah, it's always just going to be cleaning it, you yeah. know. So you, you basically accepted the fact that just some people just are just always going to do that, no matter what you tell them, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it just it, it just doesn't. I mean, goes in one ear and out the other, yeah. you know. But I mean, going back to the restaurant thing, I see. It's all about service. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So you know. Some will take it, some won't. And guess what? You take care of your stuff, it'll last. If you don't, then it's a good thing we're shop, man. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll fix it up for you. How long yeah. have you been there at the, at the shop? So it'll be two and a half years, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I got brought on, what, in 2014? So you've seen... 2013, you've seen the, uh, yeah, 2013? The, the cycling scene, like, kind of sprout, grow, evolve in Vegas? What's your take on it, like, right? 
I mean, there's you know, a couple of quote-unquote race teams here. You know, a lot of different groups, you know, tribes spread throughout the valley. Yeah. How do you, how do you see everyone, um, like, where, where do you think it's going to be next year? Like, you think there's going to be more, more race teams? You think there's going to be more um, organized group rides, races? Like? I, yeah, I think, I think all of the above. Um, what I've noticed from being down here is that uh, Vegas is very uh, impressionable. So, having mentioned where I went to school and being able to be a part of the, the, the Utah cycling scene, it's, it's just night and day between Vegas and Salt Lake City, not in a sense of, you know, um, uh, style. It's just that, that there's a higher concentration of individuals riding both road and mountain up there. Uh, it's an active community up there. Where we are fortunate is that we essentially have like eight to nine months of good riding out of the year here. And it's one of those things that I think it's just going to, um, I'm seeing a resurgence and kind of like a, a unification. There's always kind of like these little factions, so to speak, you know, little groups here, little groups there. And it's almost kind of like unkosher to like ride with other people, the different jersey, because it just seemed like, ah, you know, you're, you're jumping ship, you're like a pirate, you know. But kind of like what we're doing here on the, the cafe rides and espresso rides on Sunday mornings, it's cool to just see, you know, the, the different cyclists assimilating with one another. Yeah, mixing it up, you know, and yeah. and all of a sudden you get, you know, hey, I haven't met you before. What's your name? And then you get people are getting out and riding together, you know. Like I've met just from doing the few elixir rides, you know, uh, half a dozen other other people that you know now follow on Strava or whatever. And it's yeah. like, hey, you're getting out and ride. So yeah, it's nice just to like kind of be able to talk on a ride, yeah. like, not have to like go out and like it be a hammer fest all the time. Because like it was really nice. Like last week, like you know, we got talking about music like, on the way to the coffee shop. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize we had, like, such similar tastes in, like, music and stuff. And we had, like, a really cool conversation about that. Um, and then, yeah, then, it, like, we, we talked about it with Lisa on the show last week, a little bit about music. And then, then we got to talking about it as well. And, like, you, you said you, like, did a study um, while you were at university on, like, how, how music can help, like, with, like... Um, like training and stuff, right, or something? Yeah, so for research uh, research methods class, um, so a uh, study a colleague of mine and I decided that we wanted to do a research um, on the influence of music and, and kind of based around the whole concept of beats per minute. And I, I think Lisa touched on this when she was talking about uh, a psychologist that she named. Um, but we wanted to go to the element of, you know, you have a perceived rate of exertion um, how how you feel that you're you know exhausting yourself and so what we did is we patterned this the study around um, individuals who might be have been in a sedentary lifestyle mm -hmm. wanting to get back to working out you know so yeah we all have our music that pumps us up but is that necessarily the music you want to listen to when you're you know getting back in the routine of working out it's already going to be you know a shift and uncomfortable because you're not used to the routine mm -hmm. so what we did was we patterned this um, one half mile uh, run first trial it was mixed but one of the trials consisted of a high tempo music you know something to pump you up um, yeah, for Lisa it'd be drum and bass <laughs> um, you know techno rock whatever you know yeah. and we'd have them run and tell us how they felt and took their time and then we did the other one the other trial with more contemporary style music something that would be a little more mellow um, whatever it uh, sounds lame, but we did stuff like Michael Bublé. I think Andrea Bocelli was in there. You know, I threw a little bit of uh, yeah. Bonobo was in there, I think. Oh, nice, um, nice. 
And so we, we found that there wasn't a significant difference in, in time. Naturally, the, uh, you know, the, the, the high tempo music, they finished a little sooner, but we found a significant difference in their, their rate of perceived exertion. Yeah. Um, they were, they were, yeah, they were just like, yeah. when they were done, I remember a lot of them saying like, I, wow, I'm done, that was a mile and a half. I didn't feel as exhausted as I yeah. did the first go round. And, you know, that could be. No, it works, man. Like when I'm on the trainer, I need like, I know, I know what needs to happen in terms of music to get me through that session. Yeah. And it like, if I don't have the music on, it's like definitely harder, like much harder. Like, yeah, it kind of helps you get into an autopilot sense, you know? Um, I had a pretty rad experience once, so there's a, uh, I'm sure you've heard of Above and Beyond. Mm. So they did this, they did this album called Group Therapy. Um, and the name in itself just kind of is intriguing, you know, you think like, all right, this is, yeah, maybe we should listen to this and kind of hone in on almost like a book club, right? So I was, it was after school, it was after work one day, it was really late, I needed to get on the trainer, put my headphones on, and I even did something where I put blindfold on. Why would you do that on the trainer? You know, whatever, I did it anyways and just got immersed in the music. And there was like, at one point, halfway through the, uh, the album, it was almost like the soul left the body, there wasn't any pain, and it was just, it was a rad experience. Yeah, and like, let go, man. Let yeah, go. it's just really cool. So, I mean, you know, the power of music, and then I think that coincides with, you know, that, that, that good camaraderie with other people, that um, it's invigorating. It's all about fun, you know? What is uh, what is your song right now to get through the trainer sessions? <clears throat> like, do you have one? Let's go around the table. I know I've got I've got a group I've been listening to. It's called Baroness. They're like a drone, like grunge metal band. I've just been putting that on when I've had been having to do my trainer sessions. Yeah, nice. Do you know what you've been listening to? Um, yeah. So there's um, there's a. a artist and group known as Glass Animals. They got a song yeah. called Gooey. Uh -huh. um, his, his rework, the remix on stuff like that, is, on that, that particular song is pretty fun. I came across it actually on, so John Florence has a film. John Florence is a professional surfer out of North Shore, but he's got a, he's got a film called um, View from a Blue Moon. Okay. So I'm just sitting home reminiscing, missing the, missing the ocean, and this song came on with waves peeling and everything. I was like, what, dude, just... That song's been sticking with me ever since. Just good vibe, good tempo, and that's glass animals. Glass animals, uh, gooey. gooey. Yeah, it's a song, but the remix, uh, the remix on. I'm trying to remember. Um, I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's for sure. Pablo, what about you, man? I'm on that. Uh, Students of Decay. You know that Students song, of right? Decay. Yeah, man. I, it's kind of. Uh, orchestral like shamanic it just get gets me into that state of mind where i i literally like let go i can't feel my legs i yeah it just takes my mind it, it i'm mindless when you know when i'm on it which is good because i think a lot yeah you know like when i'm on a, on a ride or on a trainer or trying to get through a workout thinking too much you know so yeah. this just like wipes those those thoughts away and i just like just let go it's really good scott yeah, I've been listening to a band called Galaxy 500. I love from, Galaxy 500. From the, from the late 80s. And yes. they morphed into Luna, or the, yeah. the lead guy did. Yeah. And, and they'll get this art rock, grungy sort of drone. Yeah. It was really before people thought about music that way, yeah. you know? Yeah. So they'll find a groove, and I'll drop into one of those grooves, and it yeah, works yeah. for me. You know? That's awesome. And it's from my era. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I went to a period about five years ago where I discovered 
Galaxy 500, and I just like you know went through all their material, and then yeah, like moved on to Luna from there. Right. Um, I love all that stuff. That's cool. That's quite a eclectic mix of bands right there. I'll definitely list those on the on the show page so people can check those out. Um, yeah. So it was, it was Glass Animals um, Gilligan Moss remix of Gooey. Okay. Gilligan Moss. Put that on the show page. I, I'm not sure. gonna remember that. So <laughs> look it up on YouTube, man. Yeah. And um, yeah, moving on from the music. Then like I checked out like your social media and obviously came across um, I guess your alter ego Deep Space Moon Jumper is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My buddy Josh might be a little angst that I took the name. It was like a, it was a music film concept that he and I had while we were uh, while I was going to school up there, and the name just kind of stuck. Um, it's kind of funny about. What was it Pablo like two or three weeks ago? We were helping out Tim and Ted and Ben and all them for mm -hmm. Adobe. Um, so Pablo and I had this awesome experience to go help out um, with the, this Adobe Summit, and none other than Ted King and Tim Johnson were there, right? So I start following on social media, and the next morning, Tim comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, are you are you this?" Deep Space, I was like, Deep Space Moonjumper, he's me, yeah, that's me, he's like, I was like, who the hell is following me, what is this guy like, and all my pictures all of a sudden, it always catches people off guard, like, no, that's a great name, yeah. they're like, are you on Instagram, I'm like, yeah, like, what's your name, I'm like, Deep Space Moonjumper, like, what, oh, hold on, you see him like concentrating while they're typing on the keyboard, trying to get it, so, yeah, but, um, yeah, it was just it was just like a film and music concept that he and I, I guess, have. Maybe it's on hiatus. I mean, yeah. We're always working on stuff. Um, you so know, you, you have you have a couple of tracks, right, on on your SoundCloud. On SoundCloud, yeah. yeah. And and those were kind of like um, just workshop music theory kind of stuff, but also geared around a, a script concept that um, he and I have that we want to write and. The idea is to, to formulate music around it and everything, so that's okay. why some of the stuff you heard is on there. It's like, oh. So, oh, so, so it's supposed to go along to like some visuals, basically. Oh, yeah, like yeah. an actual, like a film script. Okay. Yeah. Like, is it animated or like actual people? No, actors? yeah, it'd be action, uh, kind of yeah. Danny, Danny Boyle-esque, you know, if you saw Sunshine. Okay. Yeah, so it's kind of a, you know, uh, Armageddon I like style film not like you know Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis Armageddon yeah, yeah. but like end of the world apocalyptic kind of That's... so this sounds awesome right and yeah. like you've obviously like thought about it with your friend so like what's what's stopping you I guess like you know I I've, I've always been like this as well like I've always had ideas and motivations throughout my life and for whatever reason you know it's hard to get them done sometimes um, what, what, what do you see as the challenges? Do you see is it, or is it just something there that you like to like kind of just organically work on when you have the time? Um, well, I mean, do you, let me put it to you this way. Do you remember the benchmark when you move from riding 30 miles to riding 80 miles nonstop? Yeah, yeah. It's not easy. So it's yeah. one of those things I think that concept applies in life. And so that's how it is with a lot of our projects. That, yeah. We get going at first, but we don't break through the wall and keep that endurance, you know, for whatever reason. If it's a collaboration with somebody or if it's your own individual project, you know, there's a lot of things in cycling that apply to the other aspects of our life. And we can go out and do it. We can go out and hammer it and have a, you know, a five-hour day in the saddle and be like, oh, that's great, man. And it starts to be more consistent. But it's when it takes the other mental effort and the other attributes that we haven't built up. Mm -hmm. That's what makes it challenging. Nice. That's a really good analogy. And it's like, like with our business as well, right, Pablo? I mean, it's like, 
you let you get those like kind of periods where you're working on it and you've got like a solid base and like you're, you're training literally like you're, you're building up those miles and you, you build momentum and then you take a break and you kind of taper off and then you can build back up again yeah I've, I've gone through those those intervals of uh, businesses you know through, throughout my life and you know the, the cycling analogy is so true you know and it's like um, you can you can pull you can pull through a, a ride by yourself, right? But then if you're on a group ride and you have uh, you have a you have someone that's pulling, and then you can switch off. It's also like you know yeah. you pull off a hundred mile ride and it's like nothing. Yeah. It's like the best ride you ever had, yeah. you know. And it's because of yeah, cycling is kind of an individual sport. But those epic rides are usually when there's other people there next to you, yeah. Yeah. you know, like suffering with you. Um, taking a break, eating something, you know, and that's that's kind of how projects evolve into businesses, and you know, and then they, those evolve into exits, you know. But um, passion projects are, are are like it's what it's exactly what it is. Passion, you uh-huh. know, what's passion? Passion is everything. Passion. Yeah. There's suffering. There's happiness in it. There's a, a lot of different emotions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, getting getting people around you is is uh, to support that passion, you know. That's, that's a tough thing too. You know, when people want to start their business, that's, that's a big, uh, big challenge. It's so true. I mean, you already hear about anyone really, like entrepreneurs, like doing everything by themselves, right? I mean, it's rare you hear. That. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you'll 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 find you'll have those mavericks, um, but then those mavericks are they're smart enough to tag, you know, to bring other ma- you know mavericks into the game, right? Into the mix. Um, and that and that's when it becomes a group session, and everyone's just like, everyone knows what they're supposed to do, and they just tackle it. Yeah. You know, but having that synergy is is that's the most difficult part. Yeah. That's I the rem- most difficult part. I remember like so one of my professors said uh, this, and and it and it kind of honed in probably among the most uh, influential bits of information I learned in my undergraduate was you know, not knowing the answer isn't a problem. Not knowing where to find the answer, that's the problem. So as long as you know where to find the answer, you're going to be okay. And if you have the ability to network, that's going to be the most important aspect in anything you do. You know, whether it comes to social, like we do in cycling, whether it comes to, to work, you know. Um, I imagine, for example, in, in law, right, Scott? It would be one of those things that, like, networking is important stuff because you may not be your forte with something that you are up against or... Or you might have this specialty that somebody needs and somebody referred them to you, you know? Um, it's the way you build a career in yeah. that field, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so. definitely. So, social currency has, uh, has evolved into something where you, you have to start, you have to give before you receive anything. <laughs> you know, you, you, have, you have to put it out there and, and expect nothing. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times you give and, and, and you'll never hear from that person again, right? Like, it's like, yeah, you helped them maybe land a job or you, you got them a client or whatever, but you just do it because you want to, right? Because yeah. you, you know it's the right thing to do. Um, there are people who do that as well, but they're like, you know, they're yeah. keeping tabs and they have a bank, right? Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna request from that guy, you know, in the future. But and you can take that back to the cycling <laughs> analogy again, where it's like, you know, when you start as a pro, like you always hear those pro riders, they're like, they do so many races and like they, they have to work so hard but they don't get any wins because they're always working for other people mm-hmm. yeah, and, yeah. And, and you never hear about those those guys who, who were doing the, you know the pools 
you, you never hear about that guy who made the referral. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like on Strava, I, 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 always, I always wished that, um, still to this day, like I'm always, behind, I'm, segment, I'm always yeah. behind people's wheels all, all day. <laughs> I'll admit it. I'm behind people's wheels all day because uh, I'm trying to keep up with the fastest guys, right? right. So in, 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 my, in my bubble. Um, but like, yeah, I remember like going up Villa and going behind you or, or, uh, or Steve or George. Um, and then we would get to the top. I PR'd that segment, Villa, but I didn't really PR'd it, right? <laughs> I wish there was like a button on Strava. Oh, but, but you that, did, that, though. That, but you did it. That's fine. <laughs> but it's whatever. No, but was it no, motivation? But, was it the carrot no, in no, front of you? No, huh? no, no. Yeah. That, that's fine. That's fine. But <clears throat> I would like to pay respects to that, right? So, that's fine. So like on Strava, I wish there, there was like, like a, kudos. Like a kudos. Like, like, okay, you know, like, yeah. Thanks, thanks for, you know, I did this because I was behind this guy's wheel. Like the know, assist, you know? right? Like, yeah. Like you can give a PR assist. Let's be straight. Let's be straight here. I mean, everyone can go up there. Strava, take that down. They're like, on that new. They're like, you know, 10 guys, right? And yeah. five of them always behind people's wheels, you know? And then there's like PR or whatever. Yeah. Or, or they wait till like the last part and then just like start sprinting. Yeah. That'd be a cool, yeah, that'd be a cool feature for Strava to implement. Like and then a, you can see like how many assists people have and stuff. Cause then yeah. it's like, then no, it's like then, you're, it's like in soccer, right? Like, uh, like Messi's got like a lot of goals. He's got yeah, like a lot of assists assist. as well. Like, yes, you yeah, see assists, yeah. 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 That'd be really cool. It should be, it should be, should be a metric that's tracked for sure. Yeah, like so, and then you can go on the podium with the person that actually wins, you know, and you can just kind of yeah, hit hug a little bit and be like, I got you here. Well, you, you know, like, you, you hear, like, when, when people go out and, like, on the Oscar or, you mm-hmm. know, um, they, they win some music award or whatever, and they're like, oh, I couldn't be here because of so-and-so, and, you know. Yeah. Like, like is, Leonardo man. DiCaprio thanking Mother Earth, right, for like, <laughs> yeah. getting in there. Yeah. So, Too um, soon. Your kid, man. I ah, mean, yeah. We got... You know, so Scott, I, I Scott, changed Scott it up. Was, I, that was talking about the font house from the seventies. Um, you got some. It's kind of Art Deco-ish, kind mm-hmm. of like Miami. Yeah. Yeah. So I changed it up. Normally I'm in the. Uh, normally I wear my Vegas bike store kit. Uh, I wanted to change this up a little bit. So my buddy Clay Adair, and uh, his and his cronies uh, Taylor, a bunch of others, um, they came up with this concept. So sabotage is one of those things that, like in the name, it's just you know, sabotage the, the normal way of thinking and so they put together this clothing concept and just ride the way you ride you know um and they're just a caught wind uh wildfire so to speak people really took interest in it and um so now they have a, kind of like an ambassador program in sabotage cyclists and the idea was always to give back to the community and so sabotage cycling is involved with uh, team rwanda and so they sponsor the water bottles for team rwanda um, Clay specifically works uh, kind of, um, not necessarily philanthropy, I mean he gets paid, so he works uh, for uh, the government, does immigration, but through that it's been a lot of neat experiences if you happen to follow him on Instagram or whatever, he um, you know, had a chance to go ride through, uh, through Africa and make some really neat connections there and just kind of see that other side of, of the world that we don't ever get a chance to see outside of you know, National Geographic or some other media. So that's the idea. It's really to just, you know, enjoy riding because it, it should be born out of fun. But then also remember, you know, that we are just simple, like little little uh, cogs in the whole machine work of society. And if there's any way we can keep our cogs, you know, nice and clean so the whole system runs clean. Awesome. That's awesome. Hi, um, Hi, bro. There's a lot of stuff to post on the show page this week. People mm. are going to be really music, sabotage cycling, yeah. Strava feature requests. Yeah, we should just get everyone to post that Strava feature request on the Strava page. Yeah, yeah. do it. Yeah, should do that. Um, just mom on it. Oh, and then 
One more thing before we wrap up um, on the music thing, we got you to do a playlist, right? Yeah, and I was working Talk on it again that. last night. I was having a blast with it. Um, yeah, so a bit of background, like you know, as I said, we spoke about music last week. And I thought it would be cool for Danny to put together a playlist, um, and I said, you know, it could be for like a like a log ride or like an intense ride. Just I don't know, put something together, and then and we'll, we'll post it on the show page after the show. Um, but yeah, tell us a little bit about what you put on there and like what it's good for, basically. So the yeah the the genesis of that playlist came from our chat. Um, yeah. So I think there's like 19 tracks on there. Uh, it's going to be roughly an hour and 44 minutes long. So the first little bit of it is um, the idea to kind of warm up, you know. So we listen to it, warm up, um, simple stuff on there. Uh, you're going to have stuff from like uh, Juan McLean, um, remixes from the presets, cut copies in there. Uh, I've got some stuff from the remix from uh, Tron Legacy. Okay. And then introduced uh, right. some... I even did some really cool like local stuff. So our good buddy Jason Husky goes by Skinny Husky. Okay. He's got a song that he showed me about three years ago. He lives here in Vegas. It blew my mind. It's called Key, um, Q-I. And it's very Tron, kind of yeah. meets Jason Bourne kind of sound. So that's on there. So you'll get a chance to hear that, introduce him. Uh, he's up on SoundCloud, so that's kind okay. of fun. Um, I threw some homage, like, uh, like you were saying, Scott, to the 80s. So um, you'll, see some, you'll see some stuff on there. It's uh, close to me. But it's not from The Cure, it's from the Get Up Kids, a little <laughs> punk influence, and okay. that's to taper okay. off at the end of your ride. So there's a bunch of cool stuff that, I don't know, I had fun, I had fun making it. Hope you guys enjoy it, too. Yeah, and no, I, I think, like, maybe we can, like, advise people, like like you said, like, oh, first 15 minutes warm up, and then, like, you yeah. can start kicking it up again. Yeah, well, like, you'll notice it when you hear the music. Yeah, the yeah, first yeah. 20 minutes is going to be just to kind of warm up and kind of get in the zone. I yeah. think the first song's, like, nine minutes long, you know, but it gives you a chance, uh -huh. a nice rhythm to get into it. Yeah. And before you know you get into it, it's going to be, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a good you're, workout, you're gonna, right? Yeah, you're going to be psyched Is, on, there, is there a name for the, this collection? Um, yeah, <laughs> just for what it was called. I just called it the uh, Fuelixer playlist. Oh, okay. nice. From, what it's, from, from uh, Deep Space? It? Yeah, dude, it was sent from Deep Space long, long ago. <laughs> uh, the frequencies finally hit planet Earth, and it's your, your enjoyment, you know? So, Perfect, yeah. Awesome. Yep. All right, man. Well, as I said, there's going to be a lot of uh, links and music to check out on the show page this week, so make sure you guys check that out. Uh, but, yeah, Danny, thanks very much, man. I think this has been a cool show. Good chat. Appreciate it. Um, thanks, yeah. yeah. Hey, on the way back, though, Thanks, watch Scott. out! Well done, watch friend. out for there's there's a guy on the side of the road. I, I recognized him. I, I guess he's been like he's guilty for butchering like 400 chickens, and I think he screwed a beagle once. <laughs> he's wanted in the state of Nevada for banging horses. So just be careful. <laughs> right. <laughs> With that, we're out. Cheers, guys. <laughs>